Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. I am Michael, and we are here today for a trial of Fate of Cthulhu, the newest, I believe, RPG from Evil Hat. So joining me today, I have Michael from the Redemption podcast, Chris from the Redemption podcast, Sophie and Ed, who both work with or for uh, Evil Hat Productions. And uh, they'll be introduced again in just a second. Uh, so as for myself, I am going to be playing Captain Lance Harlan, also known as and goes by Skipper. Uh, my aspects are charmingly irascible semi-retired crab fisher. My trouble is that I'm not as fast as I used to be. My relationship is that I'll do anything to impress Ashley. Uh, my other aspects that I have my own harpoon. And I have a bigger boat. <laughs> so, Chris, please go ahead and introduce yourself and your character, please. Hello. Uh, today, I am going to be playing Ashley Stormer, one part librarian, uh, two parts thief. Uh, my trouble, more than one cult wants me dead. Uh, my big relationship is that I feel our skipper is a little reckless and may cause a major incident, maybe even the incident. Uh, one of my aspects, I am quick on the draw. And my other aspect is, uh, I believe that everyone everywhere is really being manipulated by one group. Interesting. All right. So join us well. We have Sophie Legacy, who is the Fate line developer and the project manager for Fate of Cthulhu. Sophie, welcome to the table and please introduce your character. Hi, uh, I'm playing uh, Dr. Noelle Schwartz. She is, uh, Obsessive mechanical genius, engineer, her tr that's her concept. Her trouble is that she's absolutely disgusted by this magic foolishness. <laughs> and I'll get back to her other aspects in a sec. Uh, she's a former NASA engineer, so she was part of the Curiosity rover team, but she has... A, met the apocalypse in 2030 or so when uh, all things went to uh, uh, Eldritch Hell. Uh, she was a survivor. She joined Project Yogg-Sothoth. Uh, she is furious beyond reason that she's given up actual science to work on magic rituals full of numbers that don't add up right. But she's convinced <laughs> that there's an underlying logic to this Eldritch magic and it's just science it's just advanced science she wants to crack this nut she would desperately <laughs> like to understand it but uh, she uh, that means she comes from the future and as we'll discover people who come from the future um, bring back little details that make the, the, them stand out uh, at least in some uh, circumstances and no uh, that's signs of what we call corruption. And Noel's skin reflects the stars, even if they can't be seen. So that causes her to emit a gentle glow at all times. Okay. Thank you very much. And rounding out our table is Michael, again from Redemption. Introduce yourself and your character, please. Yes, thank you, Michael. I am also Michael. Uh, I'll be playing as the uh, survivalist Ollie Myers. Uh, Ali is a professional survivor from reality TV. That's the concept of the character. Uh, 
Ollie's trouble is that he's very recognizable in 2020, highly recognizable. The relationship we have down is that Dr. Schwartz is the smartest person I know. The other aspect, number one, is the director whispers in my ear. And my second aspect is I'm not from around here. <laughs> Fantastic. The background, uh, briefly with Ollie, Ollie's an actor and a former host of a show called Dealing With It, which was a, a kind of a survivalist-themed television show on the most basic of cable. Uh, where he developed skills that barely allowed him to survive, barely allowed him to survive the apocalypse. Barely is better than not at all. Indeed. F fantastic. And then rounding out our table is our GM, Ed Turner. Ed is one of the writers of Fate of Cthulhu. Ed, welcome to the show. Introduce yourself and let's get started. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm Ed Turner and I will be playing Dagon, rising from the deep to destroy the world. Where's, da where's Dagon from? Jersey, I like, think. Would you say? Would you say the South Jersey? <laughs> uh, oh wait, no. I have to actually figure out how to pronounce Yonthle. The oh, that's <laughs> his island realm. That's like a suburb of uh, Fayetteville, right? It's close to Philadelphia. No, I'm sorry, it's, it's in Massachusetts. It's a little bit outside of Massachusetts. Okay. Um, we should probably talk about the apocalypse, shall we? Please, yes, please. sure, because. Uh, this is Fate of Cthulhu, and the way Fate of Cthulhu works is that the world ended. Uh, so let me just sort of lead off with a little bit of background for everyone to enjoy. Oh man, this might be hitting a little close to home, because uh, in 2020 there was a major plague spreading across the world. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Uh, too soon. <laughs> It's a different plague. It's a, uh, a Staphylococcus variety called MRSA that uh, became a pandemic, 75% mortality rate, millions died, until uh, in late 2020, Dr. Amanda Wesson of Miskatonic Polytechnic University, uh, using some mysterious blood samples that she never really was able to explain where she got, managed to create a... Uh, uh, a cure, not just a cure, a preventative uh, that not only allowed its uh, uh, receiver to ward off the effects of the MRSA plague, but made them majorly resistant to most diseases. This magical cure, dubbed Palliagil, uh, was mass-produced and shipped around the world. Lots and lots of people who could afford it took this wonder drug to stay healthy. Uh, which was all great and good until 2028, when an island three times the size of Long Island just sort of merges from the water outside of Rockport, Massachusetts, sending a tsunami to the shores of the U.S. that destroys really Massachusetts uh, and a whole lot more of New England. And shortly after, obviously lots of eyes are on this island, and they see that it is swarming with, well, things that look a bit like human, but a bit like fishmen, uh, who spread out into the country and start wreaking havoc. Uh, which is all well and good until all of the people who have taken Palliagel uh, as soon as one of these fishy entities gets close, suddenly they begin mutating, turning themselves into a fish person. 
Mostly this is fatal, but in about 10% of cases, they survive and they join this horde that spreads across first the United States and then North and South America, and then soon emerging from the oceans in Europe, Asia, Australia. Within weeks, anything close to the water is uninhabitable by humanity, and such human enclaves as continue to exist are well and truly landlocked, and their days are well and truly numbered. Humanity, life on Earth as we know it, is over, and Dagon has taken control of a planet full of the Deep Ones. Dun dun dun! So that happened. 2030 is a rough place to be. Is Dagon a benevolent leader? No, heavens, no, no, no. Okay. Well, you know what? He's probably fairly benevolent to the Deep Ones, okay. but uh, definitely not a benevolent leader for the remaining humans. Uh, luckily, there were a few enclaves of survivors, one of which played host to Dr. Noel Schwartz and Ollie Myers, and this was where humans were working on Project Yogg-Sothoth, an attempt to use weird arcane rituals in a last desperate bid to save humanity. For you see, doing research about Dagon, after this giant fish monster rises from the deep, people discovered that there are outer gods out there, one of which is Yogg-Sothoth, the key in the gate, an entity which touches all times and places simultaneously. And by working the right rituals in just the right way, it can send someone back in time. Not very long, but ten years, back to 2020. Perhaps, with a little luck, long enough to prevent Dagon from rising to power in the first place. And that's where you come in. <laughs> Excellent. So I suppose I should lead off with a question for Ollie Myers and Noel Schwartz, survivors of this apocalypse, going on a possibly suicidal mission to prevent Dagon from coming to power. Why are you going back in time? Why were you selected? Why did you volunteer? Well, suicide is, is not optional in this setting. So, uh, besides... <laughs> I I want to know more. Dr. Schwartz wants to know what's going on, to understand what is going on. Everything can be explained, but you have to have the uh, the underlying science, the the logic of the phenomena. Besides, you know, how else are we going to have a future if we don't fix the past? Ali misses his fame and his audience and <laughs> thinks that this is maybe like the heroic thing to do. Uh, uh, but really it's for the selfish reasons that he, he misses being famous. He misses all the little accolades that come with that and the recognition on the street. And so going back in time has given him another taste of that somewhat. So. All right. I, I love that. Uh, so Project Yothoth, Yog Sothoth, sorry. Uh, so yeah. Project Yog Sothoth. Project Hot Yoga. <laughs> Project Hot Yoga uh, <laughs> has uh, elected to send 
the two of you back in time. Uh, specifically, uh, they are sending you to Augusta, Maine, the current home of one skipper, Captain Lance Harland. Why is Lance Harland of particular interest to the researchers of Project Yogg-Sothoth? Is that for me to answer or for them? Yeah, sure. Skipper, <laughs> why, why do you think they are uh, choosing you? So I believe that something that in relation to their mission has to do with being on the water. I have the bigger boat, uh, so it can ac- accommodate all of us as well as any materials or research that they have. I also, you know, it's a three-hour tour. I'll sign up for anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you are a guy with boat. I am guy with boat. We'll save the world. We'll time travel. Have boat. We'll time travel. All right. <laughs> I support that. Uh, and when you are going to arrive, Ollie and Noel, um, at the uh, at the boat of Skipper, of Captain Lance, uh, Ashley Stormer will be waiting there. Ashley, why are you already waiting where these time travelers are about to arrive? Do I know what's going to happen, or are the time travelers going to tell us that? I mean, they're... Your background gives you an excuse for, like, any level of arbitrary occult knowledge. Oh. So you might know a little more than uh, okay. one would expect. Uh, the skipper has called me to come to his house because he says he has a rare tome that will help me understand the visions I've been having. Oh, interesting. So you and the skipper know each other beforehand. Uh, yes. And And by home, you mean... Yes, absolutely. Obviously, the skipper lives on a boat. Yes. Uh, land houses are passe. I feel like this is a boat that's not supposed to be a houseboat, but it's kind of turned into a houseboat. <laughs> Any boat's a houseboat if you live on it. Exactly. Right? Hey, it floats, it's a boat. I live in it, it's a house. It's a houseboat. All right. Then I, what I want to do first thing is I just want to kind of play out this uh, this meeting scene. Just a very a brief vignette before we dive into the action. So let me uh, set the stage. It is, it is somewhere in Nevada, I think. Uh, it is desert on all sides. It is hot as hell. Uh, and you, Dr. Noel Schwartz, Ollie Myers, and the dozens of other people frantically working on Yogg-Sothoth have been like splitting a gallon of water a week amongst the lot of you. You are very thirsty and very tired, but the ritual is about to come to fruition. Stop calling it that. <laughs> Sorry, the uh, uh, the process is about to come to fruition. This very scientific process in which you are standing in the middle of a sigil etched on the ground in blood uh, while a bunch of robed scientists chant scientific equations around you. Ali's uh, mopping the sweat off of his forehead with a, a small rag and then squeezing it into a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Better drink my own sweat, right? It's got electrolytes. It's what plants crave. So, as this uh, this scientific ritual goes on there is uh suddenly a flash of light and you find yourself hurtling through 
uh, a blindingly, unpleasantly bright void. Uh, looking around in all directions, you see absolutely nothing except for a dim speck that you are uh, uh, falling towards. Rapidly, rapidly, it expands into a vision of a lake? A beautiful lake. The most water you have seen in one place in two years, as you have needed to avoid anything even remotely wet. You see this lake grow, it fills your uh, your field of vision, and suddenly, splash! You land in the center of lake, throwing up torrents of water in all directions. And, as advertised, skinny dipping. Yes! <laughs> I was about to ask if this was Terminator-style time travel or not. Uh, I assume yes. Oh, baby, you know it's Terminator-style time travel. Okay. Uh, you are naked in the water. Captain, Skipper, Ashley, uh, you are having a polite conversation, looking at an old book, and suddenly the boat rocks, as there is an immense impact outside. What do you do? Well, I was hoping for the boat to be rocking, but not this way. Mm -hmm. uh, so a glimmer of disappointment across my eyes as I rush outside to see what the disturbance is. Stay here, Ashley. I got this. She just rolls her eyes and goes to drinking her her adult beverage that she's having. Excellent. Skipper, you rush outside, and there are two naked people struggling in the water just a couple of yards away. Ollie has already assumed, like, a support position for the doctor, like, kind of arm under and around, like, the upper neck, like, kind of the the lifeguard, like, kind of holding the one person stable. And he's, like, he's treading water with his other arm. That's not sanitary. You shouldn't be doing that in the water. <laughs> Excuse me, who are you? I'm Skipper. What? Where is this? What, what, what lake is this? Oh. <laughs> what, what is this like? I, I don't know. Uh, Just... You know, if you make up a name, I won't know you're wrong. <laughs> Look, mate, where are we? You're, you're outside of Maine, in the water. Lake Maine field. Maine? What are we doing in Maine? We're trying to get dry. Hey, look, throw it on a rope or something, would you? Maybe a ladder? All right, just come around. There's a ladder on the back here. Right. Hold on, Doc, I got you. <sighs> and under his breath to the doctor, Ollie's like, look, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I promise it'll be fine. Just, you know, play along. Uh, I'm sure these people will know me. They'll, we'll, they'll, they'll get us where we need to go. It's fine. Better hope that this water isn't contaminated already. Uh, don't drink it. Spit it out. <laughs> I meant with creatures. <laughs> no, no, I, I know what you mean. I'm just saying don't. we don't know what the water's any good either. I mean, I mean, I want to drink the water real bad, trust me, but uh, well, I already no, did, we, we but really shouldn't. It's not like I had much of a choice. Well, when we get on the boat, throw it up if you can. You want to get it out of your system. Battle, 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 battle. Splash, splash, splash. All right, I yell out to Ashley. Ashley, bring, bring a couple of the ponchos. I'm sure a fishing boat has like those yellow Captain Gordon fisherman type ponchos in it. And then I'll reach down to help you out of the water. Uh, the doctor first. Of course. And, and Ollie's kind of like, like swimming in like a little bit of a semicircle around the ladder, like looking, or looking at the surface of the water. He goes under every once in a while and pops back up and is looking a little paranoid. 
And as Ollie is looking at the surface of the water, we cut to the very bottom of the lake. Way, way below. So dark that uh, nothing down there can be seen from the surface. Where a somewhat humanoid figure uh, stares up at the splashing that is happening above it. Thinks to itself. And then moves a uh, uh, scaled hand in uh, uh, an arcane way, causing a gentle glow as it communicates some information to a far distant space. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so we can elide over some of the, uh, the introductions as uh, Ollie and Noel put on their, their yellow ponchos and explain what is going on. But basically... Ollie and Noel, you explain what is going on. You are from the future. The apocalypse is about to occur, and you have been sent back to prevent it. Maybe we get a little montage where we see scenes of the uh, the apocalypse as uh, the uh, travelers from the future explain. Oh, absolutely. It's a beautiful montage. Lots of blood. I was going to say, I feel like Dr. Schwartz is like really explaining things intricately, <laughs> and like over to the left of her, or to the side of her, Ollie's making like these big hand gestures and like <laughs> trying to draw things on a whiteboard that make absolutely no sense to what she's talking about. Your C-3PO? <laughs> kind of. Uh, I think it's a good time to introduce what we look like as well. Currently, uh, pretty, pretty soaked. This is uh, Dr. Schwartz is uh, curly haired, Dark-eyed, dark-skinned woman. Uh, her natural hair is now in, in tight little dripping curls. She's huddled in the, in the poncho and probably uh, wearing some old cast-offs uh, of, uh, of Lance, I'm guessing. Uh, Ollie is, uh, is roughly six feet tall, Ooh. fairly well-musculared, or <laughs> muscular, fairly well-muscular, <laughs> Uh, very short, close-cropped hair, almost bald, lots of scars. He's tied the poncho around his waist, <laughs> kind of like a loincloth. Um, and he is, he looks like he's fairly well ready for action, but he also has a look on his face where he just kind of is in awe of everything right now. Like he's kind of looking, he's looking around the cabin like, I remember that. Oh, oh, those were fantastic. Oh man, I really missed that. And like, there's a, like a little a package of Oreos on the counter and he's going over there and just like shoving Oreos in his mouth because he hasn't had Oreos in so long, you know. Uh, as you were doing that, Ollie, now is the time to talk about corruption because <laughs> corruption is a thing that happens to time travel. Oreos corrupting the world. <laughs> Oreos. <laughs> it's because they're the most stuffed, aren't they? It's, the, yeah. it's because they are the most stuffed Oreos. Like, you know, it's like it's the Euclidean math. You can't actually get that much stuffing. They have to use Eldritch magic to make it work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, You have gone back in time through an arcane ritual involving a chaos god, essentially. And uh, you naturally get changed by this process. You didn't really notice before, Ollie, because it was subtle and you were in the water and things were loud. But now that you are on the boat, you hear a voice in your ear. A voice that is not coming from anyone around you that is just sort of describing what you do. 
as that voice starts to talk in his ear, and I'd like to imagine the voice is like is like kind of barking. Uh, or actually, let's let's do this. The voice is kind of like a noir voiceover. Okay, I support that. While you're having this uh, monologue in your head, you just see that Skipper's sort of subtly keeping himself between you and Ashley. It's not like obvious that he's doing that, but it's you know if you're paying attention, he's trying to keep himself between you because he still doesn't know what's going on. Well, and and Ollie is at the counter, sho- like like he's got one Oreo in his hand and he's like looking around, and every couple seconds he like just turns and looks another direction, as though he's hearing something or though he's looking for someone. Uh, but the poncho, like is it's you've got a clear shot of Ollie's backside. The poncho is only meant to cover the front. <laughs> <laughs> so he's shy and timid. Got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the, the voice whispers in your ear, essentially, Ollie kept looking around the boat, seeing if he could find the source of the noise, but all he saw was Captain Lance Harland and Ashley Stormer staring at him in confusion. And what's, what's the voice's description of Captain Lance telling me? Captain Lance, obviously, a former fisherman. <laughs> And when and when uh, and when Ali uh, sees Ashley, Ashley, professor profession hard to determine seems to be invested in occult books in some capacity. So Ali turns and and uh, with like kind of an Oreo, like he's getting ready <laughs> to put an Oreo in his mouth. So wait, you're Lance, you're Ashley, right? Yes. I just nod. So Doc, these are the people we're supposed to come back and meet, right? Um. Uh, well, you're half right. Uh, we were hoping to find uh, Captain Harding here, but I don't know who this lady is. Uh, I'm eyeing her uh, with some suspicion. Uh, so, Skipper, seeing this well-musculared man <laughs> and me trying to impress Ashley, I'm going to find you some clothes. And I just happen to have a very large red shirt and blue jeans that you can put on that will cover your well musculature status. <laughs> oh, thank God! Right, thanks so much. And he he takes the clothes from you and like just rips the poncho off his waist and throws it at you, and and proceeds to get dressed. He doesn't appear to pay any mind to his state. He he's not doesn't seem really shy about the fact that he's nude for a moment before he gets dressed. He's it's not even a thought. I, I look at the poncho for just a second, and then I put it in the waste bin and put it back <laughs> on the peg. Good choice. Well, I can only assume that if, if you're here to meet me, it's because of my boat. So you must need to go somewhere. Where do we need to go? Well, while your boat is definitely an asset, um, I understand you have some familiarity with uh, the town where it all began. At least for this part of the story, because uh, Doctor Schwartz actually knows, and and so would Le- uh, would Ollie, I think, uh, knows that there is uh, more than there were more elements to uh, the rise of Dagon, but she doesn't want to confuse them with further detail right now. They'll know soon enough if this doesn't work. I, I feel like Ollie was briefed along with the doctor, but Ollie assumed the doctor would be paying more attention, so he just kind of didn't any zone notes. out per se. But he definitely heard like a third of the briefing. 
Okay, and there were four events, Excellent. so you know about this one, probably. Yeah. Yeah, well, now is a good time to talk about how the timelines work for the apocalypse in Fate of Cthulhu. Um, because the, the book comes with five built-in apocalypses. Uh, the Rise of Cthulhu, the Rise of Nyarlathotep, the Rise of the King in Yellow, the Rise of Shubnagurath, and of course the Rise of Dagon. Literally more apocalypses than you would ever want. I mean, really, one's enough, right? <laughs> yes. I mean... Uh, and each apocalypse was preceded by four events, uh, which is to say that I have with me a list of four things that the researchers of the future believe contributed to the Dagon's increase in power and the end of the world. These are the four events which Ollie and Noel have been sent to prevent or change, and which they are hoping that Skipper and Ashley will uh, aid them with. So the four events would be, in brief, the creation of the this MSRA plague cure by Dr. Amanda Wesson. Whatever went into that clearly caused an immense amount of damage to the people who got it, and so even though it is kind of a kind of an ugly thing to think about, it's a lot better for the world if the people whose horrible plague got cured, only to turn into fish people uh, ten years later, if they just sort of died of the plague instead. So one thing on your list is prevent her from making this cure in the first place. There is also a, uh, and this is probably the one you are more familiar with, Ollie Myers, the issue of uh, Patrick Klein. Uh, Patrick Klein is the host of a web series about uh, archaeology. A sort of bombastic, basic cable quality web series. Who uh, had a, uh, a mysterious event occur to him where doing some a report on the, the Flying Dutchman on a pleasure yacht outside of Massachusetts. He disappeared for three days. Uh, he was the only one to come back uh, alive from this trip. He never went on the ocean again, but shortly after the first Deep One started appearing, he started making announcements in forums and TV shows about how he knows what is happening, he knows what's going on, but before he could ever get around to explaining that, he was found dead and decapitated. Possibly, tracking down Patrick Klein would be uh, beneficial. He was uh, effectively a bargain basement knockoff Dr. Jones. Yeah, yeah, basically. Okay. There is also Innsmouth, the mysterious city of Innsmouth, uh, a place that you, Skipper, you know a very little bit about, because in your years of fishing, you've spent some time there. You've had to hole up in Innsmouth for a, a couple of weeks back in the 90s. All that we really know about Innsmouth is that there was an organization called the Esoteric Order of Dagon, which had some amount of power there, and also that as of the you know mid-2020s, Despite being a fishing village, nothing was imported or exported from Innsmouth, as far as anybody is able to tell. 
This was also the source of a lot of the Deep Ones spreading across the U.S. You don't know what's going on with that city, but the best advice you have is visit it, raise it to the ground, burn it, and salt the ashes, because something is deeply wrong in, in Innsmouth. And then finally, the final event contributing to the rise of Dagon was the uh, arrival of Mother Hydra. Shortly after the island burst from the ocean, uh, it was discovered that there was one deep one on it, much larger and much more powerful than the rest. Someone who we initially assumed to be Dagon himself, but turned out to be some sort of aid or perhaps a an avatar, some smaller iteration uh, known as Mother Hydra. Uh, she, when she first appeared on the news, was a mystery to most people, but a man named Old Man Farmer, uh, up, well, elsewhere in Maine, uh, was the first one to give her a name, calling out, That's her! That's Mother Hydra! I told you about her! Before he ran out of the bar he was in and was never seen again. She was a major source of destruction and magic powering the Deep Ones and preventing her from existing or killing her when she is younger and weaker would uh, make the apocalypse presumably, hopefully, less deadly. These are the, the four events, the four things that you need to tackle and uh, your first job is to figure out which one of these quests is the one you want to uh, take on first. So I'm going to look at Ashley. You're the one that is like kind of into this stuff. What do you think? I think they're all crazy. That doesn't mean they're wrong, though. True. I guess we should start with Patrick. Let's find out what he knows. So you're from the future. Do you know where we can find him before this event? So do uh, Ollie being, I, I, I guess, a, a fan of Patrick's somewhat, or at least knowledgeable of him, in his his show and in the capacity of his uh, his show or streaming, um, would he be streaming now? Like he he has a basic show right now, or had one before the events of the like uh, like what's the time frame on that? Uh, the time frame is it is currently before his mysterious disappearance at sea. Okay, so so he is still it. doing his show. If you were I do not know if the skipper even has internet access on his boat. Skipper, do you have internet on your boat? Probably have like cell service but not like a Wi-Fi. It costs too much to provide that for my guests. Fair enough. Guests? Guest. <laughs> I, I make a living chartering people around this lake. Thank you very much. Skipper is not just a name, it's my profession. Well, if you were to uh, pick up, I'm going to guess, Ashley's phone, uh, she could search up Patrick Klein and, you know, watch his show on YouTube. It's not very good. It's it's a little overproduced and light on uh, content, but, you know, it gets clicks. So we're, we're, we're all kind of huddled around Ashley watching this, this show on her phone? Well, that, that's entertaining, and I admit it's been a long time since I saw YouTube, but it's, he's, he's just a guy, and he hasn't seen anything yet. Shouldn't we aim for places where we do have knowledge? Well, I mean, so we know that Innsmouth Place is, is a bad place in general, 
But at the same time, this actually, this, uh, sorry, uh, Patrick, this is Patrick person. Sorry, actually, I, I, I was just distracted a minute. No, don't take that personally. Uh, that this Patrick person, uh, well, they are going to have something happen to them, right? They're going to disappear, which means if we stick around Patrick, maybe we could witness his disappearance or maybe even be part of it or at least see what happens. So we just wait for him to go take a, a three-hour tour and get uh, <coughs> stuck somewhere we, we won't like. I would prefer to take the initiative. We know about the Palliagil. We know the, that the, this so-called cure will actually cause the... the uh, Invasion to uh, to become much more effective, and I'm I'm really sorry for the people who are going uh, who, to die, but you have to understand they're already dead. So I I vote we go take care of that. I mean, listen, you're the smartest person I know. I'm perfectly fine with going with your recommendation. What does Ashley want to do? Because that's what Skipper will want to do. I, I guess we have to start somewhere. I'm not that concerned. You're not concerned. Everything we've told you, and you're not concerned. <laughs> Let's see. The other two are Mother Hydra, which we could look for because uh, Skipper here has a boat. So I'm told. Well, I mean, it's technically more of a, it's, it's a house on water, right? Yes. It's not so much a boat. Uh, sure. We don't need to split hairs on that. But we don't know where this Mother Hydra is. The island is not here. So how would we go there and stop it? I'm just uh, reviewing our uh, possibilities for action right now. <sighs> God, I miss having a team. I guess we could start, you know, Innsmouth is probably the closest. So Innsmouth right now is, is a bit of a last resort because we don't have the means to wipe it off the map. Well, Dr. Schwartz, could you take Amanda's place and change the cure? Uh, no, it's not my kind of science. I do uh, robotics and uh, astro uh, astronomy and some uh, geology. Oh, come on. Let's, let's, be, let's be fair, Doc. You, do you dabble in quite a bit of everything. I mean, you could totally do it if you, if you feel like if it was an option, you could, you could totally take this person's place and... I mean, you are the smartest person I know. Yeah, I, I appreciate your confidence. And, and, and of course, I can <laughs> discuss with another scientist. Uh, but I doubt I could become a uh, microbiologist overnight. Uh, well, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to be a microbiologist, really. But you just, you know, it's, like a, it's, it's all confidence, Doc. It's all, you know, if you walk into the room and you, you think, I'm a microbiologist, and you can make other people think you're a microbiologist. Yes, that I can do. <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> but let me think about it. it that, um, that Patrick, I think I, uh, I remember the date of his fateful trip. We might be coming up on it very soon. It is worth noting, uh, just for, like, as far as how these timelines work, there are no specific dates or orders attached to them, so that is left purposefully vague. 
so that Patrick's fateful trip occurs when it is most convenient for okay. you to have it occur. Cracky, that's tomorrow, I say, yeah. as you tell me the yes, date. Yes, I'm <laughs> looking for a, a calendar, and I snatched the, the phone, for, <laughs> or tried to snatch the phone to look at the date. Damn, you're right. So what we should do is perhaps find a talented actor to take his place on his web series, and then we could follow that actor. No, I don't think that talent is necessary <laughs> for that. You'd be surprised at how hard it is to act incompetent. Oh, no, it's not difficult at all. <laughs> it's really not that hard. I'm with him. So I'm going to dig out and try to find something for, for the doctor to wear as well. I feel bad that she's still just wearing that poncho. Oh, I thought they had some of your cast-off clothes well, and clothing. I, I gave that to uh, Ollie. I have a, you know, a big red shirt and blue jeans. I don't have any men's clothing specifically left over, but uh, I sort of look embarrassed as I open a trunk, and it's full of merchandise. For a while, I thought I was going to brand my Bet Mine's Bigger. <laughs> So I've got like caps and shirts and flip flops. Uh, so I'll find something that you can wear. But again, it's light. It has bet mine's bigger somewhere on it, no matter what it is. Um, I will. Uh, Ollie will take off the red shirt and kind of hand that to the doc, and he'll take one of those t-shirts that says "I bet mine's oh. bigger," the smallest <laughs> size you have, and he'll put that on. Oh! Oh! No. Oh! Goodness! Must you? <laughs> I mean, it's a good tight fit. Well, right? I mean, it's it's good stretchy fabric. I mean, it's a good material. You spent a lot of money on these, didn't you? Yeah. Your your inner voice says, the skipper seems to be sucking his gut in. <laughs> 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 so I'll go to the to, uh, the cabin. Um, there's like a bet mine's bigger board. I'll kiss my fingers and tap it, turn the ignition. It sputters, but eventually it catches. And we will start heading towards, I guess, the mainland so that we can uh, make our way to this Patrick dude. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time.
The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.